This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, listeners. This is BSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, and this is the 1970. On today's show, I'm joined, as always, by our uh, editor, Ed, and we will be talking about two major topics today. PSG versus Borussia Dortmund in the first leg of the Champions League, which should be happening tomorrow. And Manchester City's two-year ban from the Champions League that was just handed down on Friday afternoon. So, Ed, um, how are we doing today? Pretty good. Uh, We should let all the listeners know we're recording this on Sunday night. Um, I'm watching the NBA All-Star Game, and I, and I also should tell listeners, if you hear some thumping noise, that is not me. Uh, one of my neighbors is having a loud Sunday night party, and it sounds like a lot of fun, but I was not invited, so I apologize if you hear that in the background. Well, you have to be nicer to your neighbors now, Ed. This is true, yes. Uh, but I'm excited to jump into these topics. Should we talk about Dortmund first? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so I've been a little bit all over the place with my predictions i think on one podcast i said oh we're gonna kill him 4-2 and then after amians i was like maybe 3-2 i think we're gonna win i think there's gonna be a lot of goals um i had a chance to talk with uh the guys over at the yellow wall podcast and hear their perspective they think it's gonna be a 3-3 draw um i think this game could go really in any direction it's that unpredictable um psg According to RMC Sports, going to have their full squad, other than, I think, Paredes and Diallo. They're going to have everyone else. Um, and, and I think that... Uh, so Neymar's going to be back. That's the big news, I think, that he's going to be back. But we all kind of expected that. Um, I know that you you have some thoughts about PSG's performance leading up to this match. And so I kind of want to tee it up for you and let you run with it. So what are you feeling? What's your confidence level going into this match? PSG are a better team than Borussia Dortmund. They just are. They have two of the best five players in the world. Obviously, in my mind, one of the best attacking lineups in Europe. Probably the best, if you just look at quality and depth. I mean, their fourth attacker is Angel Di Maria, and he would probably start on a lot of Champions League squads right now, the way he's been playing. You have quality midfield. You have a top 10 midfielder in the world in Marco Verratti. I would say that's, I wouldn't say that that's an overstatement. I think top 10, where you want to put him in there is up to you. Um, they have one of the best center backs of, their genera- of his generation. They have Marquinhos, who's becoming an elite defender wherever they play him. And they have a goalie who is better than anything they've had in the QSI era. So... Against a team like Borussia Dortmund, you have a lot of good young pieces who have Jaden Sancho and Haaland and those that kind. They have that kind of talent, and it's good talent. They have potential superstars that will probably go to other teams and be some of the best players in the world in about three to four years. But they don't have the kind of quality that Paris Saint-Germain has. So... On paper, PSG really should win this. Like, I wouldn't say handily, but I would say they should comfortably be able to control the two legs and win. Mm. The problem is, over the last month or so, we have seen, with 
and it started with PSG's um, foray into the four four two, where it has paid off offensively, but it has, as you probably would have expected, had its defensive deficiencies. They're giving up more goals than they did at the beginning of the year ever since the switch. And what concerns me pretty much above anything is that this is a team that is not historically handled defensive mistakes and deficiencies well. They have not been a team that can score their way out of trouble historically in the Champions League. They are not a team that tends to score a lot of goals in the group state in the knockout stages of the Champions League. And this is a team that cannot afford psychologically to be defensively deficient. Especially not in, at uh, a place like Dortmund, where yeah, the atmosphere is going to be hostile anywhere. to say the least. They gave up three goals to Manchester United's academy team. So let's not, it's not about Dortmund. And I think that's what I want to make clear here. This is not about Borussia Dortmund. This could be anybody right now. PSG, to me, are not in a great place. And it started to deteriorate a little bit. And they've held it together. But Amiens was the perfect crystallization of PSG's central problem. Which is, and I don't care that they didn't have a lot of their their best players starting the game. When you have a history of what PSG have a history of, you cannot, the game before a massive Champions League fixture, come out and look like you don't care. Look like you're not putting in effort, making bad passes, not getting back, overcommitting, you know, Silly fouls, allowing a team like Amiens, who barely have professional football players. They're, they're bottom of the league. Have, or if they have professional football players, players at the very early stage in their career, or very mediocre, quite frankly, to just dominate them for 40 minutes to begin a match. Like, that's just, that is not what a healthy team looks like. And if you, if you, Take a minute and just look at it and just be realistic. You'll you'll see that that kind of performance is not a matter of, oh, they didn't play their guys. It's a matter of concentration and focus. And that has been the problem for years and years. That does not seem to have been fixed, which is you cannot be physically 100%. There is no way that you can go through a whole season and always be at your physical peak. It's just not going to happen. But teams that are mentally tough and teams that have concentration and focus can ride through those spells. And yes, they came back to take the lead. Amiens is terrible. But let's go back to that final, you know, added time. They had the lead. The game was won. They had escaped. Good pass into Cavani, who misses. And everyone stopped playing. Everyone stopped playing except for the Amiens goalkeeper. They couldn't believe he missed it. It It was such an easy chance. One pass, and they beat PSG's defense. Amiens, with one pass in stoppage time, 
when your concentration has to be at its highest, PSG had thought they'd won the game and they took their pedal completely off the gas. And that is the problem. In a nutshell, boil it down. That is the problem. They do this even in big matches. It's not that they just do this against Amiens. They do this against Lyon. They did it against Dijon the game before where they gave up that really stupid goal where I think it was either Draxler or somebody who made that pass that got turned over. They did it against Monaco. When they had a 3-2 lead and they could have made the changes and adjustments to keep that game 3-2, but they took their foot off the gas and they gave up the game tying goal. Like, this is not a team that deserves benefit of the doubt. It just isn't. And I am tired of giving it to them in this current iteration. I am tired of saying, oh, well, this is why this happened. Oh, you know, if it wasn't for the ref or, oh, they they were playing Draxler. It's all Draxler's fault. When they take Draxler out, everybody will be focused and ready to play. I'm tired of that. And I think fans should be tired of that. And if you're going to go into these legs in these big matches and the game before you're not even going to show up for the first 40 minutes of the match. I don't think that's the way a champion goes about it. I don't see any champions in any sports that take games off. It doesn't happen. You don't see it at Liverpool. They haven't, they don't, I mean, they've got a 22 point lead. They're, you know, Guns a blazing, pedal to the metal. I mean, it doesn't matter who they're playing. It's Norwich. Metal focus. They're not always great. Yeah, but, but they it's metal focus. Exactly. They don't. They don't concede stupid goals. They don't make mental mistakes. They don't beat themselves. They force the other team to beat them. And right now, that is what makes Liverpool to me the favorites mm-hmm. in the Champions League. They do not beat themselves and this is really simple stuff like we can talk about you know xg stats and we can talk about most passes per whatever all that stuff to me is irrelevant i think there was actually an espn piece that actually said that that psg should be the favorite because they have completed the most passes or some ridiculous stat bunch of nerds that espn wrote about but yeah it has nothing to do with it you're 100 right it's a mentality thing it's that's what it matters. It comes down to moments and you have to win the moments. You can't do this unless you win the moments and you have to win 95 to hundred percent of them. And sometimes that's 95% isn't even enough. Sometimes you got to win a hundred percent of the moments to get by and to win a, a, to win a champions league. And there is no forgiveness and there is no second chance. And if PSG are not a hundred percent, into that match against Dortmund at the beginning, it could get ugly. I mean, it could get 2-0, 3-0 really quickly because Dortmund do have that capability. Mm-hmm. And if PSG are not laser-focused and understand that we have a plan, but we may have to adjust that plan on the fly if Dortmund are coming out in a different way, I just don't see that. I, I think there's a bit of a... Oh, we're fine. We're we're gonna we're in control. And you know what? That's good if you've actually won something. 
And this team has not won anything in, in Europe in 25 years. So, you know, I'm just... I, and I'm also at this point where it's like, nah, you're not fooling me again. I'm not falling for it. Because that the easiest way to get your heart broken repeatedly is to continually fall for it every single year. They have to prove to me... Mm-hmm that they can do this. And if they are going to put in performances like they did against Amiens and just not show up for 40 minutes and then concede at the very end of the match to some guy I've never even heard of <laughs> because people aren't focused and people aren't defensively aren't paying attention. Literally, that's why they scored. Because people weren't paying attention. And I'm This just... is what we teach eighth. Eight-year-olds to do. And I'm not so much sure what Tuchel could do because he he actually missed under Herrera's uh, goal in the first half because he stormed down early to the tunnel because he was so pissed off watching what his team had given up Tuchel three goals. Tuchel can't do any. No, There's, but this is the point. It's not his he fault. He can't do yeah. a thing about it. No. You know why? It's the players. Yes. And we keep blaming the coaches. It's the players. It starts with the leadership. It starts with Thiago Silva, Mr. Backpedal himself. <laughs> That second goal, did you see him backpedal on that second goal? Yeah, there were he several goals that he... That. He was yeah. running away from that dude. If you challenge him and you get a foul there, you're in front of him. That's not a clear and obvious goal-scoring opportunity. That, that's why I don't know... I, politically, I don't think you can get away with it, but Kowasi marquinhos center-back pairing? No, but this is what you get, <laughs> is my point. is It's not the coaches. Yeah. Unai Emery, Laurent Blanc, Carlo Ancelotti. It doesn't matter. If the players are not where they need to be it doesn't matter all this tactically it doesn't matter and that's what i mean they have to show that they can do this or you blow the whole thing up and you get new people in there who can do this and i've had this conversation before Mm -hmm. and psg have continually tried to trot this group out and i'm almost pre-having this conversation because this is what i feel like the conversation we're going to be having next week which is Damn it, they did it again. <laughs> I that's what I feel, honestly, in my heart. And maybe that's me not being a good fan. I don't know. But there is that Amien performance had all the signs of a PSG of old, a PSG that didn't take the game seriously, that weren't invested in the outcome. And everyone's just like, oh, okay, that didn't matter. Well, why didn't it matter? Why do these games not matter to you? Every one of these games should matter because that's what winners do. Winners don't pick and choose the games they want to be winners in. Winners and in, in champions don't just turn it on and off. That's not how this works. Mm-hmm. Unless you've been there before and you've proven you can do it, if you want to be a champion to get to that level, you have to absolutely be a ferocious competitor. I know Neymar's got that in him. I know Mbappe's got that in him. And that, to me, is the only thing that is keeping me mildly from saying... Those two are the only two that are keeping me from saying that this team's going to lose. Because the rest of them have that quit in them. Like Thiago Silva, he has Mm -hmm. that quit in him. Marco Verratti, not so much, but... Again, to me, a midfielder can only do so much in that case. We don't know about Idrissi Gay. I think he's a, a guy that could be similar to uh, Neymar, Mbappe, where he just has that mentality. 
but you have to see it. Yeah. And you haven't seen it. He's got to prove it. He hasn't been on the big stage. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm kind of happy that Cavani is not going to be out there because you saw exactly. Had a chance to finish the game. Didn't do it. No. So much. That is almost the Cavani legacy besides all the goals. Or all the goals he could have scored, but he didn't. And yes, I'm being harsh on PSG. This is They are a team that deserves to be heavily scrutinized and doubted and be looked at cynically. I understand that in this context. I don't understand it in the, in the context of you know them as a general idea or principle or football club. But in this specific competition, they absolutely deserve to be scrutinized. So I think that the... I think that the um, best sort of way that this can go is that they are able to give a performance where they are defensively sound and they allow their attacking players to do things and not, you know, and not keep putting themselves in compromising positions. I said 3-1 on Twitter. I, I think it'll be 3-2 Dortmund. I think PSG will get two. I do think that Dortmund defense is just so bad that it's almost. I think PSG will accidentally score two at this point. Like they could, they could get off the bus and score two goals against Dortmund, but it's the other side of the ball that's just—it's a major, massive concern. And they're going to have to be laser focused to everyone doing their job, and they've shown they can do it. And I'm not saying they can't; they can absolutely do it. Mm-hmm. They could. I would not be all that shocked to see them win two nothing, three nothing at Dortmund. But then, what do you do the second leg? Yeah, you still got to win the second leg. This leg doesn't matter if they don't do it in the second. So it's it's like even if they come out and perform on Tuesday, what difference does it make? They still have to perform one more time and then five other times <laughs> to get where you want to go. I mean, it comes down to, you're right, the players. At what point are you tired of being the laughing stock of the footballing world? At, w- at what point are you going to stop blaming the coach and stand up and say, we are going to perform up to our standards? Everyone agrees. On paper, this team is probably one of the favorites, if, you know, along with Liverpool and Manchester City, to win the entire tournament, but the games aren't played on paper. They need to... Stand up, be counted, and put in a performance. Don't back away. Don't be intimidated. And crush these teams that you're supposed to crush. And Dortmund is a team that they should crush. But you're right, the mentality. And, you know, up until the Amiens game, you know, PSG hasn't, hadn't let in that many goals. But the goals that they did let in really raised some concern. We saw against uh, FC Nantes where, you know, they kind of had PSG backpedaling and under pressure. Um, you know, PSG went on to win that game 2-1, but it could have very well been the other way. And we saw that again um, against um, Leon, you know, where they kind of had PSG on the run there for a little bit. And these are teams that we shouldn't allow that to happen. Obviously, some players were out, Marquinhos, et cetera, et cetera. But this is my point. Yeah, it should, no matter who's playing. Has, Liverpool rotates. Yeah. All these teams rotate. We're not the only team that rotates, but it's like there has to be a curve. It's like there is no curve anymore. Yeah. Like the people you put out there have to perform. They don't have to perform at the same level physically, but mentally they have to be there. And like I've defended Draxler for years, but just mentally like the guy is just not there. Yeah. Like I don't think you can keep playing him if he's just not going to be there mentally. And, you know, Paredes is always there mentally, but physically – 
and I understand why he's out of this squad right now. He's just too fucking slow. <laughs> like, no, I, Amien, were, he was not, he was, he's supposed to be the six. Yeah. He's supposed to be the defensive cover, and he was nowhere to be found in that game. No. It, it like, was, he was just non existent because they just ran by him. And, well, yeah. And it's just like, I think, you know, we're talking about lineup and stuff. I, I I like putting Marquinhos in the midfield because they need to just beef that defense up. Yeah, they need to have six. They need to have a quality, at least enough of a bat, six or seven guys that can go back there and defend. They just do. They can't afford to put Gouye out there if he can't. You know, I I, I just I don't know. I just I I look at it like they need Marquin. They need that Marquinhos. Midfield presence. They need someone that could step up and stop the ball. And I'm scared to death of having Kimpembe back there, mm-hmm. but I think that he—he's just coming back from a hamstring injury, though. Like he hasn't yeah, played that I, much. I, I don't know, but I—I I don't know what they're going to do at this point. But it's just like there, there is there is no group they could put out there where I'm like, okay, they're not going to concede two goals. Is if PSG can own, can get out of Dortmund, and this is where I don't like to have these conversations because, again, it's PSG. There's literally every situation on the table right here. So, you know, they could win the game 4 nothing against Dortmund at, on the road and then come home and lose it 5-0. That's possible. Like, with PSG, anything is literally possible. <laughs> They've proved that. So there is no precedent. There is no oh, if they do this in the first leg, they'll be okay. No, they have to have. They have to think of it like they have to win both legs. They have to win both games, and that's a lot of pressure. Because again, yeah. it goes back to what are your what is your legacy right now? What is this club's? Um, you know, what are their? What are they known for? And they are known for lacking the. I don't even think it's like this heart of a champion thing. I don't think that's it. I think they want to win. I think they're desperate to win. I just think there's just this lack of constant. It's weird. It's like they're a five-year-old child. As Collectively, there's just this lack of focus. And they just, you know, go in and out of games and they make these mistakes that are just reckless. And I know I'm going long here, but it's like, you saw it against Amiens too. It's like, in the first half, you are getting beat. They are taking advantage of your turnovers. They are turning you over in the midfield, and they are countering with their big, fast guys that can have take a decent outside shot because Tiago Silva is not trying to challenge any of them. Just make a basic football pass. They're still trying to do back heels. They're still trying to like make these pretty passes and string them together, and it's like, no. You're losing. Make solid passes and get the possession back. And they they go back into this, oh, I have to make this nice little flick pass. You know, I have to make this one-touch pass. Just get the ball on your foot, make a solid pass, keep the ball, don't turn it over in your own end. And they're still in this thing where they can't do that. And that's the, the, the worrying thing as well. There is no, there is doesn't seem to be an improvement in that. So, to, to kind of wrap this segment up in my cheerfulness, 
three two Dortmund. I'm gonna say, and I think I'm being generous actually. Yeah. And you know what? I shouldn't. I shouldn't have to say that. That's because it's ridiculous for me to say that if you think about it. PSG have the better players. They have Neymar. They have Mbappe. They have Icardi. They have Di Maria. They have Marco Verratti. They have Thiago Silva. I should not be saying that. I really shouldn't. It's stupid of me to really say that because there's no factual evidence to back it up except for pretty much all of PSG's history is in QSI. Yeah. So I'm basically what I'm saying is, and it makes me sound stupid, but I under I understand that, is yes, they're the better team, but they're too mentally weak to take advantage of it. And I hope I am proven wrong. I'm, I'm, I genuinely hope I'm proven wrong. I'm willing to hold out hope just because of what we saw earlier in the season at home against Real Madrid and then on the road against Real Madrid where we were down two goals and battled back. I think that second game against Real Madrid is something similar to what we'll see. We may go down a goal or two early, um, but I think this team has showed at least this season that they can come back. We do have the quality. Um, so I think we can 3-2 maybe you know, to PSG. I think we can come back. What's going to be interesting, I mean, this game is going to come down to this. Dortmund has all of the speed on the wings, Sancho, Holland, and down the middle. I mean, they have way more speed than we are able to deal with on the wings with Mounier or Juan Bernat. How does Tuchel slow them down? I don't know how he does it. I, I kind of threw out an idea on one podcast. Maybe you do three at the back. You pack the midfield. You know, move some players up. Marquinhos up into the midfield. Maybe bring Kwasi in. Um, some height to, to break up some of the, the lobs over the top or something. I don't know. But that's basically what Tuchel has to figure oh, out. No. How the do way, you stop? The way you, no, the way you do that is you pin them back. You think you just go for you have to you have to possess the ball. You have it, to pin them back. It's it's going to be the uh, the attacking formation that we've seen with Di Maria, Mbappe, Icardi, and who else am I missing? Neymar. That that's well, going to be the four up top. No, yeah. And if I'm going to make a serious analysis of this and not because all my uh, my analysis so far has been tainted by the fact that PSG choke, <laughs> and I'm expecting them to choke again. But let's say they don't choke. Yeah. Let's say that this is even squared up and they don't make the mental mistakes in between the two teams. What will probably happen is that these two attacks are so potent that I think both teams will be really careful not to commit defenders high up the pitch. Mm-hmm. So I think what you will see is a rather boring match than you're expecting. I think you'll see two teams that know the other team can beat them and they don't want to get beat early. And they don't want to concede early because conceding in the first 20 minutes would be really, really, um, would be really, really deadly for either team. So I think you're going to, I think you're going to see both teams play it conservatively. See, I, I don't know about that because if you're Dortmund, you know that the only chance no, you have to beat this no, team is to come out in the first 30 minutes and, and just give it everything you have. Because over the long haul, you're not going to, you're not better. So you have to come out in the first 30 minutes and put three past Keeler Navas, I think, if you're them. That's no, that's the mentality. I understand that. But yeah. the, the other point is, to, to sort of make a counterpoint to that, is you can't overcommit yourself. With You cannot play a high line against PSG. You can't. And you can't play a high line against Dortmund. So... I think what you're going to see, if 
Dortmund are smart is they're going to try to counter. And you can't counter if you're playing that high up the pitch. And I think they'll try to press. And I think PSG will try to press. But that also creates its own issues in itself. I think these two teams sort of neutralize each other to a degree. Mm-hmm. There'd be a battle of the midfield. I think there's, and I think PSG win that battle if they, but even though I, I can't say that Dortmund has yeah. a bad midfield. We just can't have a handball, you know, a Kimpembe handball in the box and we can't have well, no, Tilo passing the, it back. To, but that goes to the other, that goes to the choking part. Right. That's, that's all PSG choking. That's not the other team doing something. But if these two teams are in even, if this were in a vacuum, if this game were played in a vacuum, I think what you do is you play a three, a fourth, four, a four, four, two, but Di Maria falls back into the midfield a bit more. Mm-hmm. Neymar essentially plays ten, and Mbappe comes off that comes you know, and Mbappe and Icardi sort of are switching places and trying to play off of that. That's what I think you do. It's it's going to be Neymar centric. It's going to be Neymar gets the ball and drives at people, and I, they're going to have to pin Dortmund back that way. And if they can't do that, then it's going to be really difficult. But they can also play Mbappe down the wing, and they can also do it that way, which could work and be more Mbappe centric. And then Neymar plays off of that. They have a lot of offensive like options that they can yeah. go with here that will, you know, give Dortmund trouble. It's not sort of a one strategy thing here. PSG are better at free kicks. I think if they can get fouls outside the box, it puts Dortmund in a tough spot. Um which I think Neymar will win plenty of those. Yeah, I I think they have a good offensive way going forward, and I actually think that the the smart thing to do defensively is just to say, look, Meunier and Bernat are just not going to get forward. No, just don't even think about it. <laughs> just play to the midway line. If there's an opportunity, go. But if not, you pretty much have to hug the the touch the midpoint line and be able to get back and 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 mark. Right. If you can. I, I can't see them over committing and they shouldn't have to with the kind of attacking talent that they have. So th- they'll be tactically flexible. I think they'll have a plan. I think Tuchel will have a good strategy. I think that they'll. But again, the whole thing is that does any of that matter if they make a mistake? And you, you think maybe at the end of the day, the law of averages would be on PSG side after all these years. But I don't necessarily think it works that way. It took the Cubs a hundred years to, you know, win a World Series. Yeah. Like, it took the Chiefs fifty years. Yeah. Like, it, it sometimes the luck just isn't on your side until it just somehow magically is. It'll and be... that's what this might be too. This might be a situation where PSG just get lucky and they get the luck on their side for the first time, and it's. You know, and and you're like, oh my god, look at how different this is. They're getting calls and they're getting lucky bounces, and it's not doom and gloom. But you, you, you can't predict that. You can't say that that's going to happen. I don't think. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. I, I I'm I'm you know the old saying: you hope for the best and you expect the worst. That's kind of where I am. 
And you're not going to be on Twitter, so people won't be able to tweet you during the game, um, as yeah, usual. Yeah, please don't. You're wasting your time. <laughs> but I will be watching. Um, and to that but I'm point, I'm still debating because uh, yeah. I could go down to the city. I'm still debating that because <laughs> it's like I I kind of just want to be watching this in a calm environment. <laughs> Especially since I don't think this is going to go all that well. I just yeah. kind of want to be relaxed in a chair and just try to keep my heart rate down and like listen to music while it's on so I'm not getting myself all worked up. Because I want to just be able to watch the game and, and understand what's happening and not get caught in the emotion of it. It's hard Which to do. Fun. It's fun <laughs> to get yourself. And I recommend if you're in the city, go down and you know enjoy that experience. I, I think it's one of the better experiences you can have as a fan. Mm-hmm. But you to know, the, the somebody, uh, New York fan club down there. Yeah, thank you. As somebody who wants to, you know, kind of cover the game and understand what's happening, it's not always the best experience <laughs> in that way. So we'll see. I'll I'll figure it out. I'm off this week, so I can go down if I want. But it's just you, you, I I don't I just don't have a good feeling. I, I and usually when I don't have a good feeling, bad things usually happen. I'm usually pretty like good with this like i can i can sense when the the momentum's not there and you know maybe i'm wrong i've been wrong on occasion but not very often you know sorry no that <laughs> i've not been wrong i'm usually on with this stuff and people say it's easy to be a psg fan it's not because there's only one competition that matters and they've fallen flat so many times and and it's never easy and you kind of just watch waiting for the devastating mistake to happen. So it is not easy. Just to wrap up this topic, um, I just thought I would point out that the Twitter spat between Dortmund's official Twitter account and DJ Snake, who's a, a PSG fan, and they were kind of going back and forth. And Dortmund was like, we make real music. So I thought that was that was fun. Uh, fans and official Twitter accounts getting into it already. And then there was a former Dortmund player, Lars Ricken, and he said that, you know, at Dortmund, they don't buy superstars; they make them. And then I, I'm curious, what superstars have they really made? And they do buy players. Holland is one that they bought. So I thought that was a pretty stupid mistake. But everyone on social media is getting excited about this game. It'll be one of the more highly anticipated ones. Although here in the United States, it will not be on TNT, uh, the broadcast channel. You'll have to plunk down. I think it's a dollar ninety-nine or two ninety-nine um, from Bleacher Report app if you want to watch it. But someone messaged me and said that it will be on Univision. So yeah, which is why I actually watch. If I'm at home, I watch it yeah. on Spanish because. The, the the announcing isn't as bad, and I can I can mute it if I want. I'm not missing anything, so I might be with you on that one. Um, so let's go. Let's go through this topic quickly. We only have you for a little bit, but uh, Manchester City was banned from the Champions League for two seasons. They're obviously going to appeal that decision, but they were banned for serious breaches of UEFA's financial fair play and also fined 30 million euro. So UEFA said that City overstated its sponsorship revenue and its accounts submitted between 2012. 2016 and the inevitable well, what about PSG came right after that but Mark please explain to the people why PSG is not in any danger of being suspended from the Champions League at least not right now well yeah the, well thank you for uh for making that point at least not right now you mm-hmm. never know with these people um what it seems to have happened with Manchester City is that they essentially the the, the saying is you cook your books and in that way, it's, you're putting out false false uh, expense reports and revenue reports and giving those false reports to UEFA, 
meaning they were able to get cleared based off of false reports. There's a football league, there's Spiegel uh, dump of, of emails and stuff that showed that Manchester City may have been cooking their books, and it made uh, UEFA go back, go through their records, and from what I understand here, this is about as serious as you can get with this kind of violation, which is they basically cooked their books, lied about it, and tried to block investigations. And you can say what you want about PSG. They don't, they haven't, I don't think they've really done any of that. Like, the issue with PSG was specific sponsorship deals that, yes, you can probably say that they were inflated. Probably. Most of the one, the Qatar sponsorships. Oh, the the QTA sponsorship was absolutely. Like the Qatar National Bank. Yeah, but. But the thing about those were PSG did try to make a legitimate reason for why those were the way they were. I think it was something about like nation building or some sort of like the the PR that it would yeah. get, would yeah, make, yeah, pay for it or something, which was you know it was bullshit. But it, <laughs> they they started that stuff before the FFP rules. The FFP rules came in, in I believe twenty fourteen, and PSG got kind of hit with those and they they didn't adjust to that and the sponsorship was devalued they no longer have the qta sponsorship so that's not really an issue so for the most part psg is pretty much in the clear in the sense that they're they don't have those huge qatar sponsorships anymore they have huge nike ones now they do have qatar airways but that's not exactly the same thing because they're not really owned my they're not really owned by qatar and a lot of other clubs use qatar airways too yes so it's not like it's you know it's not as it's definitely not in that same category um you also have the fact that psg now have the the revenue streams that they didn't have in 2015 16 17 in fact psg generated more revenue than liverpool and manchester city last season according to a yes report, and so. it, like in in city's its own case and i'll get to that in a second but just to kind of finish on psg it's like the and i said it at the time the name Mbappe deals would pay for themselves and people were like well how are they gonna pay for all of this <laughs> They did 200 million, 240 million. They, they don't have the money for this. Well, as you see, one, the contracts are not, they, they're not built that way. You, you, you pay them in installments. I don't think the Neymar thing was installments. And quite frankly, you could argue who actually paid that transfer fee. Yeah. I think legally Neymar actually did, but that's beside the point. Um, if the Mbappe thing was paid in installments. I don't think they've even actually paid the bonuses yet. So it's only at 140 and they haven't actually paid that in full yet. And also these sponsorship deals were only really gotten because PSG had access to players like Neymar and Mbappe. So yeah, these deals paid for themselves. Nike's given them 80 million, I think a year. And then a yeah. core on top of that is probably like 50 million. No, the deals paid for themselves. Like that that was why they did them. And it, that was the that's the 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 strategy behind it. And if you weren't, you know, being biased about it and being like, oh, they're cheating, financial fair play, get on that. 
you would realize, yeah, in a couple years or so that these deals would essentially, as I keep repeating myself, these deals would be able to be self-sustaining. And PSG have become more or less a self-sustained club. And if you were to sell, if Qatar was to sell it, they'd probably get near a billion for it, probably get more than a billion for it. So yeah, the club's valuation and all that, it's its a entrenched top 10 European club with pretty much all metrics, you know, winning, sponsorship deals, all that stuff. And don't forget after Neymar and Mbappe, it's not like they've continued to just spend ridiculous amounts of money, you know. Um, no, they haven't. Herrera was a free. Idrissa Gay was like thirty. What was Navas like yeah. fifteen? No, they're not. Yeah, they're not spending a lot of money. Yeah. PSG have done a great job in the yeah. last few years mm-hmm. um, doing that. And Leonardo's there now, which has made them, I think, a lot do make a lot more smart financial decisions. And if there's anybody that I I sort of trust to maybe get PSG out of this sort of choking uh, thing, it's probably Leonardo. So. Yeah. You know, maybe Leonardo's the difference here. We'll see. But um, the difference, and also I, I sort of explained PSG's deal, which is, again, those sponsorships are sort of out the window now, so they're not counted when UEFA looks at their books. And quite frankly, nothing is going to happen to PSG until the city, pretty much nothing's going to happen to anybody until the city case is dealt with. And the problem with Manchester City is that they do one don't have that caliber of superstar. No, they do not have the caliber of guys to attract Jordan Brand and Nike dropped them, and now they're on, now they have a Puma sponsorship, <laughs> which is just not the same. It's just it's not the same thing. You don't want um, Puma money. You want Nike money. Yeah, you don't want Puma money. Um, no offense to Puma, but they're yeah. just they're not a. Elite we love Puma. Soccer. Puma wants to sponsor the the nineteen seventy. We'll have you. Yeah, well, believe me, we'll, we'll take, we'll take that Puma the Puma money. money. But you know, but it's it's more again. And look at all the players they've signed and all the money. A lot of fifty million, sixty million deals. Yeah. Um, they had this. The Etihad sponsorship is not what I think people thought it was. And quite frankly, UEFA what the city was hostile to UEFA in a way that PSG was not. Yeah. And PSG was able to finesse this in a way where the were able to get out of the 18 case because UEFA quite frankly illegally reopened it. And you know, thought PSG was just going to be okay with that and PSG went to court. They didn't make really they didn't fight it in the press. They, they didn't say anything negative about UEFA. They didn't call it like a scam. You know, you, Man City's going the Trump route in all of this. You know, everything's a scam and it's a witch hunt and everyone's out to get Manchester City. No collusion, total exoneration. No, yes, exactly. It's it, it. City is going that route. And I don't think that route's going to work for them. No. She went the, you know, drink your coffee, we're all right route, you know? Yeah. Like, th- th- there's a difference. That's because they're in a... Paris, and it's like, they, you know, just laid back. Eh, what, it'll be whatever it'll be. Yeah, it's, They're a little uh, bit more think... uptight in, uh, in, your, in uh, England. <laughs> no, but it's just, it, 
it was it was bad all the way around, and I think that City's going to lose this appeal. Actually, I actually really do think yeah. they're going to lose because I don't know what grounds they have to stand on here. And, and you you know I'm a, a big college football fan. I would liken this if, if their appeal doesn't go through and the the ban sticks. That's the death penalty. That's the SMU death penalty in my eye because it's, Pep Guardiola is not going to stay. A lot of their players, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne's not going to want to stay there for two seasons without Champions League. Sergio Aguero, a lot of these players, their contract is up, and they're going to want to leave. And City's going to want to get some money for them, so they'll be looking to sell. It'll be a complete, total reboot starting, and then they're going to have to find players to bring in to get back into the top four. And we know in England, or you know, it's it's difficult to get into that top four. You know, Arsenal's getting stronger, and um, Spurs are going to be there. So, I mean, this this is the death penalty for them. I mean, it's going to be hard to come back, I think, for them well, if this sticks. The, I, I think the question is how invested are the UAE in this club to not want to just sell it? Yeah. If they if this holds, does you do they just sell it? Hmm. And I think they might just sell it. Who's and got that kind of money, I though? Think, I mean, that's... Who could no, buy they, it? They could, there, there would be somebody that would buy that thing. <laughs> QSI. They're, they forget Leeds. Just go and buy Manchester City. You'd be getting it at somewhat of a discount, I would even <laughs> think too. Although Manchester City has a lot of stuff they have their hands in, like NYFC. They did a lot. Manchester City did a lot of things differently than PSG. Let's put it like that. You know, two similar kind of situations, but City kind of went a very different route in the way they approached it, and. I think in the end, PSG's model has sort of worked. I think City never really brought in the caliber of... They ha, they brought in great players, but they didn't bring the marketing in. Like, City is not a, is not a well-marketed club, I, I would say. They're not like PSG or Real Madrid yeah. or Barcelona. They don't have that marketing arm. It, it's not a marquee and City, that, and they're not the biggest. they're not the biggest team in the city. Yeah, I, I think that cost them, too. I think yeah. there's a lot of sponsorships that they could have gotten to maybe benefit them, and they just were never able to. You always heard that, like, weird Manchester City messy rumor flight flown around once in a while, which obviously that ain't going to happen anymore. No. But I think there was reason for that, because if they could have gotten a guy like Lionel Messi, a lot of this stuff wouldn't be happening. So it could, I mean, flash forward real quick to wrap this topic up. If Pep, let's say... You're right. Dortmund knocks PSG out. Tuchel's going to be fired. Make no mistake about it. Pep Guardiola's going to want out. Make a good run at him. Messi yeah. potentially wants out of Barcelona. Bring him on over. Yeah, we'll just well, it, you know, if we can't do it with Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, <laughs> then I don't, you know, we 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 just really sell might it. as well just like sell the team at yeah. that point. So there'll be no more PSG talk. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We've got one more day before. We hear that Champions League music. It's going to be exciting. The butterflies are starting. I'm already getting nervous. I'm sweating. I've been extra irritable this weekend. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thanks right. for coming on the show. We appreciate yeah. it. And uh, we'll, we'll do this again after the match and recap everything that happens. So, Mark. Yes, we will. Yeah, Mark, let people know how they can find you on, on Twitter. I'll send your hate tweets to at <laughs> MarkDamon1. Perfect. Um, I probably won't be answering them this week because I will not be. I will save a lot of my energy for our recap show. 
there you go. And I will not be tweeting during the game because why would I do that to myself? Why would I make myself mad at my own home? <laughs> and so don't tweet, Mark. Tweet me. We have a contest. We've got one of the new Black Fourth jerseys to give away. So instead of tweeting, Mark, tweet me and include a picture of yourself in a PSG jersey or PSG colors and use the hashtag US of PSG and uh, you'll be entered for a chance to win it. So that's exciting. So definitely go ahead and do that and uh, we'll catch you after the Dortmund match. So for Mark, Absolutely. I'm Ed. Yep. This was the 1970 and we'll catch you next oh. time. <laughs> Au revoir for now.